This is An Open Invitation, a podcast where Liana and Shiva discuss the possibilities and permutations of life today. By not doing what I really love, um, I knew what I really love. For the first season, we talked to the youths in Singapore, and so we invite you to connect with their stories. Children saying, I enjoy this session, you know, beats. You know, an adult saying, oh, we believe in advocacy. We hope that through this, you might understand yourself better and even find that you share similar narratives to those around you. In this episode, we invited Chia Kunliang, a final year student specialising in journalism in NTU's Wee Kim Wee School of Communication and Information. Kunliang has a clear end goal. He wants to serve young children. From studying early childhood in polytechnic, where he also graduated as valedictorian, to using journalism to push for change in the lives of children, Kunyang believes in exploring the spaces in between specialisations to support and bring new value to the ecosystem involving the education of young children. Maybe you can just begin with your journey. When I was very young, I knew that I, I was going to be a quite a different person than the rest you know, of the little boys in my school. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think very distinctly when I was in primary school, I had an interest in art. Mm. Yeah, that was something that I really, really wanted to do. Um, I wasn't so much into sports or, you know, stereotypically people would think that little boys like to join like, you know, yeah. basketball or soccer. Mm. Um, I like those sports, but that wasn't something that I felt really innately passionate about. But mm. art was something that I really loved. So, you know, I was in the art club, I was mm. in there for about three to four years, I think primary three onwards. Mm. We did a lot of art, uh, different kind of art, mixed media. And um, yeah, I thought that was going to be my future, yeah, to do art. And, um, you know, my, my parents, my mom wasn't very supportive of me doing art. Um, but my school, uh, my teachers were very supportive. Mm-hmm. So kind of stuck in between because I was very young. Um, and then when I told my mom that, you know, um, because that particular year, uh, Sota wanted to have his first uh, batch of uh, students. That was yeah. the first year Sota yeah, first opened? Uh, first year. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. To have students, uh, after you graduate from PSL, you can go over to Sota, mm. if I'm not wrong. Because I, I remember uh, that I actually uh, asked my mom whether I could join Sota, mm. but it was something very new. And I think the school fees were $300 per month. Mm. Yeah, it was three digit. Uh, so she definitely said no. Mm. And then because I, I couldn't make decisions for myself, so, you know, I, you know, decided to, you know, say, okay, let's explore what other secondary school I can go. And then, um, because in primary school, I was also quite, um, I was doing well in Chinese as well. Mm. So we wanted to go to a, you know, Chinese, um, uh, a SEP school. Um, but eventually, um, we thought about the distance and then we went to, uh, government high mm-hmm. yeah um, and, if you could just backtrack um, mm-hmm. why did your mom not want you to do art was it just because of school fees uh, school fees yes but I felt school fees was, the, was kind of an excuse ah. to tell me that um, we, I cannot go mm-hmm. but I think innately she knew that um, at that point in time um, I think a lot of parents are like that um, it's not uncommon that they feel insecure about having their children the thought about having their children mm-hmm. Um, pursuing art because yeah. at the point in time there wasn't really much news or you know media portrayal of you know artists doing very well in Singapore yeah yeah. so mm-hmm. um, I think um, citizens tend to believe in what is you know being portrayed or being promoted mm-hmm. uh, by the government for example mm-hmm. um, and that wasn't the case at that point in time and um, and I was very young so I couldn't, you know, research all about it and then tell right. her, you know, like, this is what I'm going to present to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what my, some of my friends did uh, when I was younger, like, they really did a presentation to their parents to explain why. In primary school? Yeah, they needed wow. to go. Wow. <laughs> like a PowerPoint presentation. Like- uh, PowerPoint presentation was one of my friend, um, <laughs> but uh, it, she did it, like, uh, it, it was done, like, maybe he was in the teenage years, but yeah. Okay, but I love that though. Like, yeah, yeah. There are children who are like that. I love it because they really yearn for 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 what they want to do. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I didn't do that, and um, yeah, I did. You know, raise the point that I really love it, and I've been doing it for years. You know, can you have? Can I have a chance to do it? Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So from what I said, you know, uh, how she view art and how people in general used to view art. I don't have close friends who are artists. 
she doesn't have close friends for artists. Yeah. So nobody's there to tell yeah. um, whether it's, is it going to work out or not. Mm. You know, so that's why she, she said a no. And I felt that um, a lot of people say no, not because they knew that it was not going good. Mm. It's because they are ignorant of what's Oh, yes, I love that, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I say no to you being an artist, not because I understand how hard it is to be an artist, but it's just, I don't know what an artist is. Mm -hmm. Nobody's an artist. Why do you want to do something that nobody has done? Yeah, Or, like, nobody's going to do? Yeah. Yeah, it's that People are scared of what they don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so at that point, when I recollect, Mm -hmm. then I realized why my mom, you know, felt that way. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in Bukit Panjang, um, I my results really slipped mm. <laughs> all the way down. Uh, <laughs> really all the uh, way down? Yeah. Um, I Okay, so when I was in secondary four, yeah. uh, we had a mid-year. Mm-hmm. So that was the epitome of like my kind of like not me not doing well because I failed five subjects after nine. You failed? Yeah, I failed oh, five I did not subjects know after that. nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was really terrible. I was afraid that my mom would be invited to the school to have coffee with my principal. <laughs> yeah, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't doing very well. I think math and sciences were something that I really struggled mm. to do to, to well, mm. or even to do decent. Um, and for me, because when I joined, I decided that, you know, since you don't let me to go SOTA, I will still join something that's art. So mm. I joined Art, art Club. Mm. And uh, I was very grateful for that opportunity to be in the Art Club. Uh, for that one year uh, in sec one and then I did portrait I did a lot of you know and then in sec one we have art classes also like mm. yeah as part of the curriculum so um, I was very thankful for that so I wanted to do all level arts mm. and again my mom said no you know she knew that I wasn't doing well but she still persisted that I take double math double science instead of combined science wow. and all level art mm. so um, yeah we struggled a little bit we had a, a, a bit of like you know negotiation here and there but eventually she won so I had to That's change you. my option <laughs> uh, to, to take double math, double science and to give up O-level art. Mm. Yeah, because my very close friend, uh, she was doing um, O-level art. Uh, I could see how um, tired she was and I could see some of my friends, um, you know, doing O-level art. But I could really feel the gut, um, like that persistence and, um, in them yeah. and the passion in them that yeah. I didn't feel for what I was doing back then. Mm. which was in double math, double science, and it's crazy. So, mm. um, yeah, so I, I knew that um, by not doing what I really love, um, I knew what I really love. Because mm. yeah. I, I did enjoy my experience in secondary school studying subjects that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, and it was also wasn't a matter of whether I tried or not. Mm. Um, because I think towards the end, of my set four journey, I, I, I worked so hard. Mm-hmm. So my O level results was I, I was think was very good. Mm. I thought it was very good. Okay. Yeah, and um yeah, I did get A's and mm. B's. Yeah. So that was a miracle for me because I've been getting <laughs> F grades in school. Uh-huh. And people think that like my, my teacher thought that I should drop um subjects and all that. They didn't really believe I can do well in O levels, but mm. I proved them wrong. Mm. That was a happy moment for me. But there was also a moment where I realized that it wasn't really a matter of whether I tried or not. Because even if I did well, I still didn't feel that that was something I, I could I, I want to do. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. No. So uh, yeah, so I always tell people around me that um it is really okay to be forced or to be in an environment to do something you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um because that's when you are more sure of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And when you have the next opportune time mm-hmm. to make decisions for yourself, then just you know that you know what decision you're going to make. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that perspective because mm. I feel like it is often the case that we are sort of like quote-unquote forced to do something we don't like, mm. especially when we're younger. Mm. Yeah. But oftentimes the attitude is such that, oh, you know what? I hate that I'm being made to do this. Mm. You know, why do I want to do this? Should I even try? I don't want to try. But if you give yourself the opportunity to try and then you discover that you don't like it, yeah. like you said, it's okay to understand from this experience, what you don't like, mm. and then take the next opportunity to find something you like. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and because my sister was towards math and science. Mm. Yes. Um, so right now she's studying a, a degree in uh, business analytics. Younger sister? Yeah, younger sister. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's in NUS right now, mm. and I could feel the passion in her to do mm. what she loved. But it was exactly what I didn't like. 
numbers. But you guys are not the same. Person. Yeah, we're not the same. But yeah. I also realized that then it's really not a matter of whether I try or not. Yeah. It's whether, you know, it's really, is it your thing or not? Mm. If it's your thing, you know, then, you know, then I, I see it in her, like it's her mm. thing. But mm. it's not my thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think as I go along, I, I, I'm more sure of that. Yeah. Do you feel also like did your parents give you more pressure or something mm. because uh she because she is like better at it like so uh, they just assume that you yeah. should be good at it also. There's always a a kind of like comparison. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think it's very hard to find parents who say no. I don't compare my children <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. It's a lie because it, we are all humans. <laughs> yes, you know, as are. much as we want to jump out of our bias or judgments, it is very difficult. It is. Um. So. Um, when we were younger, I, I think um, the, the comparison was there, much stronger. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the years goes by, uh, I'm more resilient towards mm-hmm. um, facing that, that mm. comparison. Mm. Because as I'm more sure of what I want to do, mm. I have no justification and then I can explain to people why... And to my mom especially, why <laughs> am, am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, and she gets it. Mm. I think this few years she kept it. Mm. Um, so we, I kind of built my own space that I also let my sister know that I'm doing my thing. Yeah, you're doing your thing. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm very happy for you for getting GPA four point mm. seven. You know, or getting straight A's. Mm. Um. Okay. So right now we're in your journey where you're in secondary school. Yeah. So you've gotten your O level results. Yeah. What's next? Okay, so I've gotten my O level results. Um, <clears throat> but before I. Um, was in secondary four. Um, I always knew that um, I, I it's very um difficult for me to explain people because there wasn't really a specific um issue or uh happening that you know occurred. Uh, but I always felt something uh, about young children mm-hmm. in Singapore. Um, probably because now that I you know think about it, uh, because when I was um, you know, my mom was still pregnant with me. Um, the doctor found out that I had some issues with my renal function. Mm-hmm. So um, apparently my urinal tract uh, was obstructed. Mm-hmm. And um, when it was obstructed, you know, then the, um, your urine will backflow and then it goes back to your kidney and then your kidney will get swollen. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important, uh, very um, severe issue mm-hmm. if it's not, you know, uh, solved, you know, soon. So I was um, born one month earlier and then, you know, had an operation. I had, I think, three to four operations in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it cost a lot of money and I felt very weak. And so that's what made me in primary school. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't do sports also because of my health issue. And um, yeah, but it was until in secondary school, I think sec two or sec three, that I suddenly felt that, you know, I needed to do something for children like myself in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, be it with special needs, be it with physical or chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. I think these children really, really needed some support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel that they are very capable people. Yeah. Group of uh, individuals, um, but they just need, really need some support. And I just felt something for them. Um, so I decided to, to go to the poly route, you know, where mm-hmm. I can really pursue this aspect of my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my parents... Um, wasn't really insistent that I go to JC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were okay with me going to poly. But at the same time, my mom expected me to do business accountancy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. She said, okay, sure, you can go to poly. I support you. Actually, I don't want you to go to JC. Oh, yeah, okay. Because she heard stories about how JC is difficult, two years, mm. you know, and, and people get stressed up. And yeah. Um, so she said, uh, but you don't go and take business. You graduate, you can get a better job. Mm. You know, in a in a bank, big four, you know, the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, but I didn't lah. So I, I told her that I want to do child psychology. Yeah, that was the course. Uh, it was a relatively new course. Mm-hmm. But when I read the modules and I read the specifics when I was in secondary school, I I felt it was really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a, a specialization in special intervention also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um when I go back my all level results, I could definitely go to JC. I mm-hmm. think more than fifty percent of the JCs I could I could enter. Mm-hmm. But because that was already out of my plan, like my my options, so I, I really just focus on going to child psychology. And just what happened that child psychology really didn't need that that grade. 
Okay. Yeah. So um, my mom would say, why would you go to a course like that? You know, that, you know, um, your grades are so much better. Mm-hmm. Or my friends would tell me, your grades are so much better. Why would you want to go to this? But I always felt that, um, I think this is something that I feel more young people should be sure of. It is that um, those GPA cuts or like those, um, uh, let's say, um, JC um, students, the AAAB, those are just um, letting you know um, the grades of the students who are in the course. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't define how good the course is. Mm. Yeah. Because it's really based on interest. Yeah. So let's say you want to drink a coffee today. Would you care about how great that tea is? You wouldn't. <laughs> right. Because right? mm, you are yeah. so focused about getting a coffee. Mm. Yeah. So um, that's something I, I felt um, people should really um, let young people know. Yeah. Yeah. To to because a lot of the young people I've spoken with, they're very unsure. Yeah. You know, they say, Oh, what if I get eight points? But ah, the poly cost is it wasted if I go? I always felt that wasted this word shouldn't be used in this context. Yeah. yeah because yeah. it's never wasted. It so just so happened that maybe in nursing the, the score is a bit higher, a lower in the sense, like expectations are lower in terms of the score. Mm. Doesn't mean that you cannot go in with a six pointer. Yeah. Because you're really interested in nursing. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you go for like a business course just because your grades are matches mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It's so, a waste to go into something that you're not interested in. Yes, yeah. that's, yeah. The, that's the real waste. Yeah, yeah. The real waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, at a point in time, I was old enough, so I, I just registered. Mm. Even though my mom was not uh, very happy about it. And um, yeah, so I, I went in. Um, and then for that three years, I kind of had a cold war with my mom. Mm. Yeah, so I never talk about my school to her during that three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I know that she's going to be very unhappy. Yeah, I remember um, when I got my first GPA, it was really good. Mm. Uh, it wasn't four, but it was really good. Um, it was, I think it was about 3.9, I think. Yeah, I was very happy. And then I woke up early in the morning to check the grades. And then <laughs> Were you I, expecting it? Uh, I didn't expect that grade, mm. but I knew that I was going to do well enough to show my mom that I can... I can you know, I want to continue. Yeah. So I, I, I checked my grade and I, you know, shared with my mom in the morning because she wake up very early. Mm. And then she said, uh, even if I get 4.0, I won't be happy. Oh. Yeah. So from that point in time, I felt that, all right, then I need to pursue this on my own then. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't expect any kind of form of support that mm. uh, my mom has for me in this aspect. Yeah. But I feel like, um, even though that's the case, I still get very strong support from her because only because um, my family is, you know, um, is still surviving well mm. financially. Mm. I still have a house. I still have a roof above me. I still have food every day. That allows me to pursue my interests. Mm. Yeah. So uh, for that, I'm very thankful for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't say, okay, you know, get off the house. And, <laughs> you know, she she is quite objective about that. You know, like, don't talk to me about school because I don't really approve that. But as a son, I'll still talk to you. You know, mm, yeah. we, we still have very good terms, you know, uh, out of school school matters so we chat we, we joke uh, and then sometimes you know award ceremony she'll come uh. and then my lecturer will say oh you know Kunang is doing well in this aspect and you know, uh, she's, she's really pursued this mm. uh, as a career and all that and then she she's just like mm, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but what was that so, experience like because uh, I think not receiving support mm. like for the thing that you love to do may be mm. quite difficult um, did that affect you? Uh, definitely when I was starting out uh, because uh, males in the early childhood fields are the non-minorities. Mm. My, my course, um, there was only nine guys out of the hundred Wow, students. nine guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine, nine males out of the hundred students. Um, so you can distinctly see a difference um, in the kind of environment you're putting yourself into. Mm. You know, predominantly when I came from secondary school, it's like mixed. Yeah. 50-50 around there to... Uh, oh, I'm a minority now. Yeah. And and all the more people then, you know, kind of feel like, mm, what are this guy doing here in this, you know, industry? The public, you know, would see, oh, is, do they have an ulterior motive? Oh. So, um, other than isolation or like, you know, that loneliness that you face as mm. a male in the early childhood uh, sector, you also face prejudice. Mm. Yeah, that is also actually very severe, in my opinion. But um, people do kind of oppress it in their hearts. Yeah, they, they feel like, um, oh, wow, why is that mere pre-solution in this school? Right. Their parents sometimes will, will be worried, which is justifiable. Mm. Something very new, suddenly you have a male preschool teacher in your school for the first time. 
yeah and that's going to be quite taunting for for parents yeah yeah and yeah so, so um i think not getting support from my mom even though it was really a pity um i would love to have that because i i really cherish my relationship with her um but that's when i create my own space yeah of support like i support myself how mm. can i support myself you know finding ways to kind of uh, maybe really certain negative emotions you know by doing more of what I want to <laughs> yeah and um, yeah finding out where can I get support from you know from lecturers from friends mm-hmm. uh, in the course you know there are also people who really believe in what we do yeah uh, be it strangers that I've met mm. just a few words of encouragement really worked well for me um, and to me I feel like we're in a stage where we need to show people the way Mm. yeah so when I go to school I remember my internship um, I went for internship and I met a principal the principal was shocked because she didn't expect it was a male preschool yeah. teacher intern because mm-hmm. she didn't really take a close look at my name she assumed that it's going to be a female student yeah and so um, <laughs> I went in and then she got a shock mm-hmm. and then during our first meeting she said I really don't know what to do with you because you're the first male preschool teacher in this school and you are going to be the first male preschool teacher that I'm mentoring. Mm. Yeah, she was very frank, which I was very um appreciative of. And uh, but at this moment, she's very open. Mm. Yeah, she's very open to 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 incoming uh, a, a new change. Yeah, the children not so much of a problem because they're very excited. <laughs> yeah, they're very very excited to have a male preschool teacher. Okay, but it's more of getting the teachers to feel comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's very important for me to show the way. Uh, let teachers see how I interact with children. Mm. Um, of course they are there so um, then um, they get to see how I interact with children my passion you yeah. know uh, how different I am I because mm-hmm. uh, I, I bring in a different plate of dish to mm. the dinner so um, when they see that they start to talk to me we build a very good relationship mm. and yeah and that's when I show the school that it's possible to have a you know, preschool teacher in school yeah. and to show parents also yeah. I think first time our parents will be like you know <laughs> child safe <laughs> yeah, but after that, they were very friendly. They would say, you know, say goodbye to, you know, Mr. KL, you know, and blow kiss, you know, that kind of oh, thing. You know? They're very open. They were, they, I think very fast, they were very open already. Mm. Also because the parents are relatively young as well. Mm. Uh, but not, not also not saying that the, the older generation are very resistant to it. Uh, I do have some, you know, grandparents who are very open to me also. Mm. So that's something very nice also. Mm. So I feel like uh, it's not so much about oh, you know, these group people really don't like us. Let's forget it. It's more like, let them see your world mm. and then they will just let you in their world also. Mm. But sometimes you have to sacrifice. Lah. You need to do more. Yeah. You need to show yeah. more. You need to you know, show the way. You need to exemplify good behaviors. And I feel mm. like I, at the point that I don't represent myself, I represent the entire group of male preschool teachers. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. yeah. It was a responsibility that I didn't felt like I had, but when I think about it, oh, actually, I... I innately gave it to me yeah. to myself that mm. whatever I do I need to make sure that I am good and mm. I show that people show to people that you know male preschool teachers are not not different mm. but at the same time we, we, we bring something different um, in the sense of uh, maybe we have new perspective yeah. and new um, you know attitudes towards certain things mm. and we at the end of the day the children are the centre of our work right so yeah. Isn't it good to have more diversities in terms of what mm. you give to a child? Yeah. yeah. I knew that, like, in this field, there are less men. But I didn't know it was such a rarity. Very rare. Very, very rare. To the point um, that the preschools have never even had, like, a male preschool teacher. Of course, I think the crazy. main op- anchor operators, like PCF, NTUC, my mm. first school, um, definitely they do have male preschool teachers in the recent years. Yeah, but because my preschool... Uh, was a private one. Mm. Uh, it was, I think, it was a standalone. I think, um. So yeah. So um, they have not had exposure to to that part also. Yeah. Um, having male preschool teachers because during my time it was um when was it twenty thirteen? Mm. Yeah, that was about eight years ago. Yeah, eight years ago. Um, having male preschool teachers is still something that, um, was not as common as now. Mm. I think now there are more conversations about it. Um, then you know parents are more tech savvy they'll read out mm. about what's happening overseas yeah. you know male preschool teachers are you know quite common overseas also mm. yeah in Hong Kong mm. maybe or in Finland or Denmark for example so this few years a lot of changes have happened mm. 
um, there are also support groups like men in preschool. So a group of uh, male preschool educators, they came together to set up a support group. Wow. Yeah. Are you part of it? I'm not part of it because I'm not a preschool teacher. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, I was very keen to support this group or support group. Mm. Yeah. So every time, whatever I do, be it um, projects that I take on um, or like internships, I always think about this group of people. Mm. Yeah. How me as someone out of that preschool teaching um, feel, yeah. how can I support them because they need a lot of support even female preschool teachers they need a lot of support yeah so how can we do it for them mm. yeah so i think i think that's that's something very important that we need to think about mm. yeah but i find it interesting because um we are in the middle of change mm. um and then it's very often that people i'm not sure if they are resistant to change mm. but it's an unfamiliar mm. like you know, circumstance. And like you said, I think it's cool that you've, you believe in leading by example, you know, you yeah. being a representative of a group of people. Um, and then, um, I don't know, just pushing change mm. because I think it's important for fields to innovate and, mm. you know, evolve over time instead of yeah. just staying in status quo. Yeah, so... Yes. Definitely. Thank you for your work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Because I, I really think um, when I share um, and, you know, getting positive responses like from the both of you, mm. I think that heads up to plus two to like the support. <laughs> yeah, can add up names in the list. Yeah. Yes. So I think one by one, slowly by slowly, when you share with your friends also, you know, mm. and, and, you know it, it encourages you to find out more as well. Mm. Yeah, I think that's beneficial to, to you, you know, as a citizen yeah. in Singapore as yeah. well. Like yeah. finding out more and to share, and yeah, soon then things would really change. But I feel like this few years changes have escalated very quickly mm. everywhere. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think like exposure mm. to new ideas have been yeah. become quite easy these days because of like yeah. technology, right? Mm. And I think exposure to ideas really help shift mindsets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What do you feel your role is in this ecosystem? Okay, so that's quite a. Um, interesting question actually uh, that I've been thinking about in the last few years ever since I, I graduated from diploma mm. you know what's, what's really my role is I, I really want to serve young children yeah. but I thought teaching wasn't something that uh, I want to do the most mm-hmm. yeah I see my role um, somewhere else but not as a teacher yeah. um, and so that's when the, the topic of ecosystem come in because that's when I think about you know as someone who graduated and at the same time also interested uh, in communication work mm. um, so how can I integrate both aspects together to yeah. help young children mm-hmm. and you know when I research I start to see you know um, how powerful the messages from Sesame Street is for example mm. yeah they, they serve young children they have uh, early childhood expertise and experts mm. um, in this area to help them yet actually they're also doing communication work yeah, yeah. you know um, you know you have like um campaigns, you have PR, you have research, um, and then you have videographers, you know, yes. even sound men is it's part a whole of that. Team. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole team. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they serve young children through TV broadcasts, you know. And so there's a lot of things you can do to, to help children. So where do I stand? Yeah. So I, I started kind um to kind of explore what are uh possibilities. So um but I think um I like what I say, I've interned at certain organizations like Singapore Kindness Movement. Mm. Um, right now, I'm interning with Playum. Mm. So uh, we all want to advocate certain things, a bit kindness or play for children. And we're always looking into how we can support um, teachers in terms of resources, in terms of pedagogy, in terms of like, you know, what are issues, you know, service uh, design, for example, like, you know, understand, understanding their, their needs and then we, we work on it. Mm. And uh, also to advocate to parents how important um, certain issues are and how they can support their children. Because parents are not trained to be parents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we must understand that. Yeah. So um, we cannot regard as par- parents as, oh, once you have a child, you automatically will know everything. Know yeah. 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 Why are you doing this to a child? You know, uh, it's wrong. But they don't know what they don't know and yes. they don't know that some things are wrong. Because mm. they were raised a certain way also. Mm. So um, with that in mind, then we know how to support these parents. Mm. Yeah, and then we work with different stakeholders. I think nowadays, even um, an organization like National Gallery, you feel that, wow, it's so up there, Atas, art. What is it going to do with young children? <laughs> uh-huh. um, 
they do involve themselves in uh, partnership with like organizations or like in schools to kind of advocate for the appreciation of art mm. in young children. Mm. Because I've always feel like um, they as well always feel like I think art, culture, everything is something that we can build up from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. They don't necessarily how to need to interpret how a Picasso art is. Mm-hmm. But as long as you know they pick up certain colors, they appreciate yeah. colors. Yeah. You know, maybe write some notes, draw mm. some pictures. Mm. You know, it helps them to internalize certain things. Yeah. And then it helps to kind of motivate their interest. Yeah. And then we're all building up our interest. You know, yeah. you can have a SCDF coming in to say how great it is to be a fireman. Yeah. Yeah. They may not know that fireman actually earn money. Yeah. Yeah. But they see, wow, so cool. You know. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. They get to say fire. Uh, children are motivated to learn more. Mm. Yeah, they're very capable. They yeah. can learn more, and they are willing to work hard. Mm. I think when, um, when I meet children, they are a very hardworking bunch. Mm. Yeah, um, they won't stop until you ask them to solve. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they are always trying to solve issues, and that's the essence they're going to have mm. in the ecosystem. Yeah, as adults, you know. Yeah, you know, being with them. Yeah, yeah. I think different sets of um skills or like fields of mm. art and science and all that they teach you different ways of thinking as well. Yeah. So I think introducing these things when kids are young really helps them have a different mindset than mm. you know their parents or their parents' generation. Yeah, and all that. But in general, I think uh even both of you have a part to play in young children's life because mm. um. In some point of time, maybe you'll be, let's say, uh, working uh, with young children in a way or another, or mm. like uh, you're working with an organization that works with young children. Mm. Or you have friends who are educators, yeah. or you are going to be parents yourself. Mm. Yeah, and maybe you'll <laughs> join a parent support group. Mm. So there's a lot of possibilities. I think the lives of young children really depends on all adults mm. in society. I'm not sure if we actually have gone to the point where we talk about your, your role. Oh yeah, mm. my role. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's very important. Yes, yeah. yes. My my personal role. Mm. Um, because I'm interested in communications, yeah. and uh, I did journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was in secondary school onwards, and even to now, um, so you know, early childhood journalism communications. Yeah. So I I'm interested in these three parts, uh, of study, uh, and I like what I mentioned. I I wanted to integrate it to be something that I want to do. Mm. And so, um, storytelling comes into place. Yeah. You know, I've tried to do so many things when I was younger, art, mm. uh, you know, poetry, uh, I even joined choir. Mm. To me, singing is also a way to storytell. Um, and then I joined early childhood and then uh, as a teacher, I, I speak about issues. So it's always a way to storytell. Yeah. Uh, with, with my experience and my examples of children's uh, behaviors, for example, mm. and then our communications. And so um, I always believe in building nar- narratives mm-hmm. yeah, through a different way. Uh, and I thought journalism is something that's very powerful yeah, in the media. So um, yeah, so I'm still exploring that part on how I can use journalism as a medium to share stories and to help build the ecosystem of early childhood, be mm-hmm. it... Um, working on stories that is relevant to them uh, or speaking about issues. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very important. And also how, um, let's say, now in my internship, um, I'm also helping in communications and marketing. So how how can we um, use the platforms like um, social media yeah. to kind of uh, advocate the need to, to, to advocate, um, the, the need to recognize children's voices? Yeah. Yeah, in the work that we do, mm-hmm. yeah, to play arts creativity. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of things that we can do. I'm still trying to to work on it because I I for journalism I've been working, uh, I've been writing also, but uh, not yet uh to the point I'm writing about early childhood matters. Okay. Yeah, because I I'm still very I was still very new in this mm-hmm. uh, aspect. So I started writing. It's a more like you know, campus news. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, people story. So I've interviewed interview artists. Mm. I've interviewed um, animators, uh, community leaders, mm. youth. Mm. Um, so I did an article with Youth Call. So, um, and then I, I also wrote for my school magazine NTU um, to share stories of students. So I, I like this essence of sharing stories of people. Mm. Yeah, um, they're all doing good work. Yeah, uh, it's not that we want to help them brag about their work. Mm. It's more like, hey, there's someone else who may be like me. Yeah. 
Because mm-hmm. when I was in uh, doing early child, uh, child psychology in the diploma uh, phase, mm-hmm. I couldn't find someone who was like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I didn't have another teacher who I know who is you know had the same issues yeah. as I was afraid of or I, I faced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lecturer support is one thing, but um, having like preschool teacher supporting another preschool teacher, I think that that means a different level. So, mm-hmm. so I always wanted. Um, in my work in journalism to share stories of people mm-hmm. I'm particularly interested in like you know um, profile you know uh, stories you know like finding out what things that people have done and then reporting about it I see yeah so um, yeah I've shared a couple of stories and people come back to me and say oh wow I didn't know someone in Singapore was doing this mm. uh, I, didn't, I didn't know he struggled as an artist for example and another artist will say hey I saw your article about him and yeah I resonate with whatever he says and Come, let me share my story with you now. Mm, yeah. So okay. as we keep sharing stories, I think it helps people to uh, be more confident about speaking their experiences. Yeah. 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 I, and so I hope to build up on that first. Yeah. And then I see what I can do for the early childhood mm. uh, sector. Um, and at the same time, also exploring different ways like communications, PR, blah, 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 mm. um, to, to, to kind of help teachers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you if you were to just explore the idea mm. of like your work as a maybe journalist inside mm, yeah. the, would you call it like an early childhood sector? No, I would say that I'm putting um my skill in journalism to um work with young children to serve the young children. Okay, yeah. yeah. So how can I do that? Yeah. Okay. So the question is, how do you envision mm. to help? these young children mm. like what kind of issues do you want to bring up mm. yeah if you eventually become a journalist I feel like okay at the same time I wanted to say that uh, it's also not my aspiration to be a journalist okay that's actually um, something that I've been thinking of how can I, can I justify to people <laughs> again <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I studied early childhood but I don't want to be a teacher mm-hmm. I'm studying communications uh, specifically journalism but I don't want to be a journalist Okay. So that's why this internship, I did not go to SBH or, or MediaCorp. Because mm. that was an intentional uh, decision. Because I see myself, I don't want to park myself in very specific things, like mm. on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, like what you say, uh, how do I see journalism, comms work, and mm. my expertise, my, my knowledge in childhood to serve young children. Um, so for journalism, it's actually very wide. Journalism is a skill of you know, storytelling. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily have to do that on a news platform. You mm. can do it on a magazine platform. Mm. You can do it, um, let's say, a guidebook for teachers. You know, it's uh, the essence of sharing stories. So let's say if I'm doing direct work with children, with my skills journalism, you know, it's about building communication skills in young children. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, in a way where they are able to understand, mm. you know, or like uh, letting them be exposed to what the journalists do, you know, uh, listening to people, Maybe writing some notes, mm. you know, uh, and then have conversations with adults. Yeah, you know, I think um that's something that, as a journalist, uh, a journalism student, I'm more uh, it comes from my instinct. Mm. You know that I feel like oh, it's important to like get children to listen, mm-hmm. and then to have their own opinion as well. Yeah, yeah, because that's what journalists do. We listen. I mean, if you interview me, you listen to me. Mm. But then again, um, when you write an opinion piece, for example, you must have your own thoughts about yes. what you have done mm. or what you have um, heard of. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's the essence of listening, for children to listen and then for them to speak up, you know, advocate for their voice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very, very important. Mm. Um, yeah, because I, I, I believe in, in that journalism essence to it, but not so much about hard skills like, Oh, children, you must write a news article of 500 words and submit to SPH yeah. you know, straight time. Now. Mm. But it's more of what are soft skills I get from journalism that I can apply uh, in my work with young children. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still exploring that. Uh, and I think right now my internship helps me to get a better sensing, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I'm really focused on how can I tell stories of stakeholders also. Mm. You know, uh, using my expertise, I share stories and then I let people see. Uh, the work that we do and let people see the importance of um, individuals in society impacting the life of young children. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's different ways to go about it. Um, yeah. So I, I think that the impact is that uh, with my skills, I can share more stories. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then I can kind of 
Wow, it's a really big circle. Like, share more stories and then people will buy in the idea yep. of advocacy, mm-hmm. buy in the idea of uh, appreciating and valuing children's voices. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, when teachers um, hear about these stories, you know, and if they buy in the idea, then, you know, they'll focus a little bit more mm-hmm. on that in children. Mm-hmm. Parents buy in the idea, they'll be more focused on that for children. Yep. And then government, if they hear that, mm-hmm. uh, I think government play a very important role. And we want your story to tell them that, hey, mm-hmm. this is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, believe in us and mm. you know yeah maybe you can shift some of your policies right right yeah so i see children as the target audience mm-hmm. of who we want to impact and then i identify stakeholders who i can work with mm-hmm. and then who i can change also yeah yeah you know changing yeah. mindsets leads to changing policies definitely yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm not i'm not a mp or i'm not pm not yet. or <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, I'm, I'm not um, yeah I'm not, I'm not a, a principal of a school I'm not in MOE mm. but at the same time whatever we do on the ground can impact that decision yeah. and then it goes back to the children mm. yeah so your question was very interesting because I, I cannot say it in one sentence mm. that's the interesting part it's a difficult question it's a, it's a very difficult question <laughs> it and uh, it includes a lot of people it does yeah, yeah. so uh yeah, so so if to put it plainly, it's just how I can use the soft skills in journalism mm. and my interest to impact the lives of young children, mm. putting it together, mm. uh, a lot of exploration, experimentation. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think the other thing that I'm picking up mm. as well is that mm. you're really using stories as the starting point. Yeah, you know, just telling like putting out stories so mm. that people are more aware. Yeah, and once they're more aware, changes can be made. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, in my opinion, like just looking at you mm. and hearing from you, is that you're your role is really about putting stories out there yeah. so that you can start a process. Yes. Yeah. So very, very cool work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be it sharing with friends. Yeah. That's also storytelling. Mm. You know, a way I still yeah. tell sharing pictures. Mm. You know, uh, I right now because I work with young children from Minds. Yeah. So I also really wanted to focus on documentations and yeah. productions with my volunteers. Mm. So we document the children's drawing, then write about, you know, what they have said about the drawing and all that. Because I feel like these are all very powerful tools to tell mm. people that, hey, you know, this is what we have done with children. And yes. This is what they've spoken about. Mm. Do you think we can work on something to help them? Mm. Yeah. Because it's always easy to say, I, Kuliang, believe in certain things. Yeah. It's always easy to say, Liana believes in what? Or like, Shiva thinks that she should do this. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, um, you know or, or when I internet play, oh, at Playum, we believe in. Mm. It's very easy to say that. Yeah. But I think what people want to hear is more of, what has happened and why should I buy in the idea mm. um, building on what I've seen of what you've yeah. done. Yeah. So, and oh, they're also interested to know um, the testimonials of the people who have served, we, we have served with. Yeah. The stakeholders of children. Mm. So children saying, I enjoy this mm. session, you know, beats, you know, an adult saying, oh, we believe in advocacy. <laughs> yeah. So I really believe in that. So yeah. I, I want to get job stories from people on the ground who are directly impacted. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's when uh authenticity and credibility comes into place. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very important in the work. So I think that's when journalism comes in. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's about ethics, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, you can say so much about what you feel as a journalist about certain things, but if you don't get interviews from people, they won't believe in you. Would they believe that the public like let's say if you are interested, you, you say, Oh, um, uh, majority of the children in Singapore do not play enough. That's just for how you feel. Right. But you get stories, you know, like, mm. oh, you know, these parents say that, you know, or mm. like, when we go to schools, you realize that, oh, it's not, it's not enough in certain places. Then that's mm. when you put stories and, yeah, it's more uh, believable and convincing when you want to yeah. push for policies and all that. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, just talking about that in mm. how we've been doing our podcast, I think just meeting so many people has made me mm. realize that there's a lot of diversity that exists in yeah. Singapore, even though like generally yeah. I think Singaporeans are painted to be quite bland, mm-hmm. like quote unquote bland. Yeah. But just listening from people um, made me realize that that's completely untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's really about hearing from people themselves and yeah. understanding what's really happening instead of just using whatever your perception is to, to, to judge people. Yeah. 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 
So same for your, for your work because mm. you wanted to show a certain aspect of youth in Singapore. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, what, what is it about youth in Singapore that mm. you know, they're unsure about or they're sure about? Yeah. And then we collect stories then you have kind of like a, a, a very strong direct sensing of how things are. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I collect stories for you when mm. I share. You have more stories. You know, they kind of, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. It sounds to me like you have a lot of ideas about um, how you're going to go mm. about sharing these stories. Mm. But uh, is there anything in particular you can share with us? Like any particular idea you have? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you still exploring that aspect? I'm really still exploring that um, because I still now, I still cannot really decide for myself what is the best way. Or is there just one way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, uh, in terms of storytelling, um, there's... A lot of ways that we can go, social media, mm. a broadcast, TV, radio, um, dialogue with children, speaking with stakeholders, that, that's all. But I'm also building up on, um, like what I say, how, what can we use as a medium to start it out? Mm. Like um, be it documentations or reflections of stakeholders, for example. Um, yeah, and then how we translate that into narratives to put it out for people. Mm. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've kind of worked on different platforms like newspaper. You know, I've done stories on newspaper. I've done stories on magazine. Um, I'm, I've done stories like, you know, video for children. Um, yeah, I'm really still exploring. Yeah. Okay. And then moving forward, I know you have big aspirations about your future and yeah. I guess the future of our young kids. What do you want to do? What do you believe in? Okay, so um, I think... As I do, um, I think I didn't really share so much about uh, what uh, the direct what I've done with children uh, out of preschool setting. Mm. Um, but um, I've always believed that um, even as a, like someone who is not a preschool teacher can also work with young children. Mm-hmm. So now I volunteer uh, in different contexts. Like um, I volunteer with Singapore Kindness Movement uh, at the Kindness uh, Gallery. So I bring children around the Kindness Gallery. Mm-hmm and have activities with them, have fun with them, and mm. to advocate, you know, the need to be gracious and kind in the society. Um, and I work with other volunteers as well, who are, you know, mummies or like um, students, you know, they all come together because they're very unsure, you know, um, what's my role yeah. in children? And How come can I in, help, right? And then they volunteer. That's when I realized, they realized, like, oh, maybe in my work, you know, I can do something for them or like, oh, actually I can rally more mummies to like do certain things for children. Mm. And then um, after that, I went on to uh, volunteer with children with special needs. So um, there's a community in uh, Senja Cashew, uh, uh, the parents with children with special needs. And then we rally a group and then we have weekly sessions together, um, you know, art, for example. And then I moved on to uh, working with children in mind, you know, um, children with intellectual disabilities and other complementing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And that's when I see myself as a very active volunteer in that aspect. And that, for me, brings me back to um, practical knowledge also. Like what I've learned in diploma, plus my experience with young children as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, then I can see a link. Because I'm not a teacher anymore, so I don't see children every day. Mm-hmm. So these are the opportunities that I can work with young children. Because I always believe in seeing things for myself mm-hmm. before I advocate. Mm-hmm. or I communicate through like different social media platforms. So um, right now at Playum, for example, um, even though I'm doing communications and marketing, I also uh, want to be part of the early years program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I told my colleagues that um, I don't want to do communication work and advocate for certain things where I have not seen it from my own eyes. Mm-hmm. So whatever programs that are in, I would love to be part of it mm-hmm. and you know, be part of documentary production progress, for example. Mm-hmm. And it all leads to that one thing, which is advocacy. You know, mm-hmm. what does it mean to advocate, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't see myself as an advocate yet because mm-hmm. I think that's a very huge word and a very huge responsibility. Um, but I see myself as someone... I'll start out with story, sharing stories first. Yeah. You know, you know, figuring out what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I share stories and yeah. I'm more sure about um, who you are, we are as an identity, as a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then advocacy um, actually can be done. Like there's a lot of different kinds of advocacy, like peer advocacy, self-advocacy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's different levels. So it's, 
deciding on which level you're at right now mm-hmm. and where you want to be. So um, definitely, hopefully, if uh, I have a chance, I, I want to start my own movement, for example, you know, to advocate, um, you know, for um, valuing the, the voices of young children. Yeah. Because I always feel that they're very capable. They can make decisions on their own mm-hmm. in, you know, a, a very safe and um, uh, encouraging environment. Um, and adults have the role to play in it. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to kind of show that? So I, I really want to build up on my experience first and then before I think about the next step. Um, but I also was very glad that um, different organizations now have started advocacy work. Like um, think Superhero Me, for example. Um, she's like, it's actually found, co-founded by one of my senior at Wikimwe, School mm-hmm. of Communications and Information, um, Jean. So uh, she started out Superhero Me as an inclusive mo- movement to help children's special needs uh, kind of integrate together with the community through mm-hmm. arts, for example. Mm-hmm. So a lot of work has been done and it has reached um, a lot of impact. Yeah, so it's impact work and leading to advocacy. So people start to buy in the idea mm-hmm. of what it means to include, to be inclusive, mm-hmm. you know, and then making it their own idea and then acting on it. Mm-hmm. So right now I feel like uh, we are in a stage where um, people buying the idea, they make it their own, but they have yet to act on it. Mm. Yeah. So how can we bridge this from interest to engagement? Mm. I think that's very important. And I think I'm in the process of doing that also, personally. Mm. How can I... Uh, so I recently, I kind of like spoke with a group of preschool teachers because I'm very interested to know uh, how uh, open they are to like, you know, um, knowing more about you know, what we do mm. uh, for young children and uh, being part of it. Because, uh, for example, um, we can do it, for, uh, we do certain things for teachers like, oh, you want a play space? We can create it for you. Mm. You know, or you want a resource? We can make it for you. But we always, I always believe in co-creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you come with me and we devise a plan and we work on it together. I support yeah. you, but you also must do something. Yeah. So that you really experience the idea of um, your own impact work for children and your own uh, advocacy for what you believe in. Mm. Yeah. So um, involving teachers is something that I also wanted to, to work on as well. So mm. a lot of things are work in progress mm, because I also have very limited resources. So uh, I, I try to take opportunities at times. Like yeah. if I'm working with a certain organization, hey, this is my chance. Mm. You know, <laughs> grab contacts and, and work on it mm. and then you know have a project and then yeah. they can inspire people as well yeah yeah. so um, yeah I'm looking towards that yeah so to, to use stories and to use um, my experience to kind of work towards that, mm. that big plan yeah but I really like um, that you don't limit yourself to what's already mm. existing because like you said things are going to change mm-hmm. and I think oftentimes when we raise kids, we tell them, oh, you know, there are occupations like doctor, engineer, yeah. like the very, I would say basic um, occupations. Common. Common, yeah. Basic's not the right word. <laughs> like common <laughs> occupations. Um, but, you know, what if, what if we can imagine others, other sets of occupation? We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of An Open Invitation. Join us next week for another episode. You can find us on AOIPodSG on Instagram or Twitter. That is AOIPODSG. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. If you or anyone you know has a story to share, reach out to us at AOIPodcast at gmail.com. That is AOIPODCAST at gmail.com.